Traveling the Vortex. Side trip. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed at TopCon. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. And of course, joining this week with us is Eric Collins, and he is a Dalek dad to the uh, Red Dalek, and we'll be chatting with him just a little bit about uh, putting one of these things together, and Hi. he'll give us some tips and tricks. So, um, First of all, I thought maybe we'd go and, and kind of introduce ourselves and tell a little bit about um, who we are and how we got started in this. Um, first of all, I'm, a, I'm Glenn, and I'm a longtime Hoovian. Um, I actually came to the program in the late, mid to late 80s uh, when Tom Baker was uh, the fourth doctor on the PBS. Uh, he was, they were airing him in the United States on PBS and absolutely fell in love with the program and watched it uh, as often as I could as a kid, um, which between, you know, school activities and things like that wasn't always feasible, but uh, early bedtimes and, and things like that. Um, but as uh, I grew older, I kind of, moved away from it and other things got important like girls and cars and sports and that kind of thing so uh, I kind of fell away from it and then in the mid 1990s I believe it was um, I started rediscovering it one of those reasons I rediscovered it is because Sean was working at a uh, video store in the mall at the time and having uh, being young and having expendable income and uh, working at a video store where you got a de- discount. And having not yet discovered girls or cars <laughs> or sports. <laughs> he actually had uh, purchased a lot of the old VHS tapes that they were releasing throughout the 1990s. So I was able to uh, borrow from him a lot of the episodes that I hadn't seen because he had, he had a few um, of the, the William Hartnell era that we had. In fact, I think even maybe the rescue. I was think one I did have the rescue. Them. Yeah, um, uh, some of the Patrick Troughton, which was super limited at the time, and, and that's kind of opened up over the years. But we're still missing a lot of those, and uh, some of the Pertwee, which I hadn't seen. And then, of course, uh, I went back and watched all the, the classics that he had. And then he had, he had a large collection, but it was nothing compared to what's available out there. So. Uh, but yeah, uh, we met. Actually, he worked for me at another video store for a time, and we became very good friends. So, Sean, how did you come to Doctor? Um, kind of the same way, actually. Um, my my uh, experience uh, through KCPT, which used to run them at Friday nights at midnight uh, in the omnibus formats, and uh, so I would sit up and watch Doctor Who every Friday night, and uh, was quite surprised because they were running uh, the Tom Baker serials. So that was my Doctor, my first Doctor. And got up to the end, and he fell off a tower and regenerated, and this blonde guy sat up in his clothes, and I went, what? Oh! Because I knew nothing. I had no idea this was how the show worked. They didn't have all the episodes available, so then they, I think they ran like two Peter Davidson episodes, and then went back and showed the end of John Pertwee's run before starting over with Tom Baker. So that was kind of my first reaction to how this whole thing worked, which was shocking, to say the least. Um, but then through my video store connections, got to... Uh, Got some of the older and uh, newer tapes after that, and uh, just kind of I always loved it, and um, also drifted away for a little bit just because uh, you know the wilderness years, which none of you new fans know anything about, and be thankful <laughs> that you don't. Um, when it wasn't on TV, I mean, it just kind of you know it wasn't there, and then um, and those, ex- those of us of American as Americans didn't even experience the way they did in the UK, where. Doctor Who was a staple, and then suddenly it was gone from the airwaves. It went on hiatus, and with vague promises that it was coming back, and then it was until 1996. It went from 89 to 96 before we saw anything Who on television. Yeah, I, growing up, some of you may be able to relate to this. Is growing up with it, you didn't grow up with it. It was underground. It was on PB. It was on at midnight. Nobody knew what Doctor Who was. So when he went. You've got Doctor Who tapes. There was this instant, hey, we're best friends for life now, man. That's <laughs> that's all there is to it. So it's weird because going to a convention and sitting in on a Doctor Who podcast, that was unheard of. Having new Doctor Who episodes starting tonight, that was unheard of. Nobody knew what was going on. So We're going to let Keith talk a little bit about how this podcast got started because that's going to bring him into in how he came to Doctor Who. Yeah, I came to Doctor Who through the podcast. Uh, they wanted to do a podcast and thought, well, what would be a good hook to it? And I said, well, I'm a huge time travel fan, but I've never watched two. Maybe one episode uh, caught on Sci-Fi Channel in the ninth Doctor run. And so we started, and we started with Christmas Carol. It was my very first episode because uh, it had just aired when we started. 
and then we went back and rewatched, uh, or I watched, they rewatched series five, and I got hooked. I was, how long was it, Sean, before I started dressing up? 16 weeks. <laughs> From the start of the podcast to 16 weeks, I was cosplaying as the 11th Doctor. And so then we just slowly introduced me and worked me with, uh, through nearly all the episodes at this point. There's only a small handful of uh, classic episodes that I haven't seen yet that still exist. We've got, we've got through all of the new series, and now I'm pretty much current. And we've, we've branched out exponentially because uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Big Finish Audio, which is um, a production company, audio production company in the UK that got the license to Doctor Who in the 1990s. We nailed down the late 90s. Um, and what they do is they release uh, Doctor Who. They have a license. They started out with the fifth, sixth, seventh Doctor, then brought on board the eighth Doctor. And the, if you don't know anything about them, they're fantastic. You can get them online at bigfinish.com. Uh, they're available to download. When they first came out, they would release them on CDs, and they would release them in subscription format. So you would have a subscription in order to get a hold of them. But uh, with the advent of MP, uh, MP3s, now you're able to download them and go and, and back and pick and choose particular episodes, which wasn't available as well. Um, so we review a lot of Big Finish audio. Um, we've delved into the novels, some of the novels, especially the uh, novels that, well, more of the new novels I think we've done now, but we yeah. have gone back and done some of the novels that uh, we haven't, we've done. We've skirted ta target novelizations, which I think Sean and I have read more than, than Keith have, um, but those are kind of on the plate as well because when you're doing the TV story and then you throw the novel in there one, together, it, 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 gets, it makes the show kind of massive. So I think we've kind of set those aside for when we revisit episodes later. Um, but we've done a couple of new adventure uh, novels from uh, Seventh Doctor's era that, were, that was really kind of the jumping point for uh, expanded universe with the exception of some of the comics. We've talked about comics. We've talked about um, some of that. We, we actually did a fun thing um, this last year where we did a series called Beyond the Doctor. And what we did is we decided for an episode for each month, for the first six months of the year, because we, we, put, it on, <laughs> we put it on hiatus um, so that we could delve into the new series when it came around. But we plan to continue this next year. But what we did is we went back and we found a Hartnell uh, uh, story or sorry, movie, uh, movie film. yeah, film. Uh, something that he was in outside of Doctor Who, and so we could watch that to kind of get gauge his uh, performance in something other than the role of the Doctor. And we kind of reviewed that and, and talked about the differences between the role and the portrayal. Uh, we did uh, Carry On Sergeant for him. Uh, we did the same thing with Patrick Troughton, which a lot of people are probably going, Oh, well, they watched The Omen. No, we didn't. We watched the uh, uh, Golden. Golden Voyage, Golden Golden Voyage of Sinbad for that one. So uh, got a little more difficult when we... Well, Pertwee was an easy one because there was actually a show that he did after Doctor Who in the UK called... Uh, help me with it. Wurzel Gumridge. It's, it's just called Wurzel Gumridge. Oh, okay, yeah, so Wurzel Gumridge. He's, he's actually in the UK. He's hugely known for that as well, just as much as, as Doctor Who. So we we, we just looked at and reviewed and talked about some of those stories. And for four, we did... Um, Hound of the Baskervilles. Hound of the Baskervilles, which was a BBC... Um, small mini-series that they did on the Sherlock Holmes story. And then for, what did we do? Oh, for five, we also did All Creatures Great and Small. These were some of the ones we had to dig a little more for because it's not, there's, there, some of the actors aren't really in, with significant roles in a lot of big uh, projects here that you can, that are available to us. So what we had to do is kind of dig into some of their television projects that they did in the UK. And then, was that? Oh, and then uh, for six, for uh, Colin Baker, we did, um, a little uh, fan film on the web, which uh, Eric might be familiar with, because he's a Star Trek fan. Um, what was the name of Star it? Star Trek, Trek Continues. Continues is the yeah. website, and they are doing, they're producing basically a continuation of the, the classic Star Trek series, and it's it, it's incredible. They, they, they have the sets down, they have the lighting down, they have the costumes down, they have the video down, the acting is close. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, Colin Baker actually was in an episode uh, with them on that where he played a character. So we did that as our review because it came out like a week, maybe yeah, right a week before we did that review. So that was kind of cool. So we've kind of stepped outside the bounds of Doctor Who somewhat, but we try to bring it around and tie it back in. Yeah. And we tend to jump around a lot while watching the show. Like when we first started, we pretty much stuck to Series 5. But then once we got to... The Silurian two-parter, we jumped back and watched some classic Silurian stories. And so they were really able to introduce me in a really cool way of, okay, we're approaching this villain 
here's where they originated back in the 70s or the 60s. So that was a really cool way that we've kind of jumped all over the place. So I really haven't gotten anything in order too much, aside from the new series. <laughs> which, Wibbly wobbly timey Which helps, I think, one of the earliest stories we watched is probably considered one of the worst, is uh, Warriors of the Deep, which is probably one of the worst maligned monsters, the Mirka. And that was so early in introduction to me that it kind of set the bar for the effects low <laughs> for the sh- series. Which helps me appreciate for the classic series. Oh, and a little bit for the new. <laughs> well, I mean, which sets extremely low for the new yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it helps me appreciate the effects and the, uh, what they do on the show, especially when they do it really well in the classic series. I think that's something that we've kind of prided ourselves on, is uh, you know, with, with open mindedness. When when you talk Doctor Who, you, there, there's inevitably that. Well, you know, the production value on the old show wasn't that good, and you can see the sets wobble, and that's made of styrofoam and stuff like that. And it's, I don't care. That's bubble wrap. It's Doctor Who. You know, it's, as soon as those TARDIS doors open, I am transported with them on whatever adventure, and I can look past all that. I can glaze over it. And we could try and kind of get everybody to, to get on board with that. The Daleks are a, a perfect example, as they're often, you know, called salt and pepper shakers or uh, I've heard teapots, I've heard trash cans, pepper I've heard all pots. Ca- pepper pots. Yeah, I've, I've heard all kinds of designations. And, you know, on the surface, yeah, this is a ridiculous monster. I mean, they have trouble navigating. <laughs> no offense, but you, you've got trouble navigating stairs. Uh, you can be defeated by a ladder. I mean, there's just this, this doesn't work in any other show. But for some reason in Doctor Who, this is terrifying. And that, to me, is, is part of the magic. Interestingly question. enough, the new series then kind of got rid of those. <laughs> well, I should say Remembrance of the Daleks did away yeah. with the whole limitations for us. Because then they can fly. So but, like, oh, yeah, right. so, but so they, get in, they continue to get scarier as, as, as the uh, effects advance, and, and they can do more with the series. So. Yeah, and one thing that, as somebody who lives with a Dalek knows... <laughs> Doorways are also a tremendous problem <laughs> with the Dalek. I'll be honest. I, I went outside because I've been coming up the stairs the uh-huh. whole time. And I went outside and I thought, oh, there's an elevator up here. <laughs> that was going to be a trouble. You haven't put the uh, lifters in it yet. No, so. we almost lost the plunger in the door oh, gosh. to the elevator. But, yeah, because <laughs> he, he has to back in and angle. <laughs> Let's, that's one of the things that we've talked about. We actually we met Eric a couple of years ago at Planet Comic Con. Yes. And we... Uh, interviewed him for and his family for a, a brief interview because they had built uh, this project here. And Sean and Keith and I had talked about doing a Dalek building panel, and we just had never been able to connect. So this gave us the perfect opportunity. So we want to welcome Eric, who's going to talk a little bit about the project, how it started, and uh, just the, the building of this This. I'm going to call it a masterpiece because I think this is this is one of the I've seen it evolve over four, two years yeah. and it's it looks incredible. Yeah, um, it's, it's never finished. Talk a little bit about what started this project. Why why did you decide to do this? It it goes back kind of like what you guys were talking about where you started with with Doctor Who. You mentioned I was a big Star Trek fan. Didn't like Doctor Who. Did not like it. it you know, old old stuff that my dad was watching on PBS. Why is he watching that garbage, you know? <laughs> didn't like it. He usually didn't get to stay up late enough to watch it anyway, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, I was familiar with it. And then went to visit him in Iowa where they, they have continued Doctor Who has been on TV since that, that entire time on PBS, oh, right? on their PBS station. Yeah. It never has been off up there. And uh, I saw a, an episode with the 10th the Doctor. Didn't even really understand that there was somebody other than Colin Baker playing the doctor. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, not Colin Baker. Tom, Tom Baker. Excuse me. And um, and then then they showed an episode with the Ninth Doctor, which I thought, oh, so he regenerated into that guy. I I got it backwards on that, but I thought it was really great. They, they were great stories. Uh, came back home and found it on Netflix. I decided one Saturday morning I was going to gonna watch this and then the boys got up and uh they they go oh we don't want to watch that that looks that looks horrible blah 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 you know i said well leave the room (laughs) (laughs) i'm watching it (laughs) and we got done with the very first episode of the the ninth doctor or i got done with it and i the boys go play the next one play the next one i didn't even realize they had come back into the room (laughs) and i think we binged Six, seven episodes that day. <laughs> <laughs> From then you were hooked. <laughs> yeah, we were hooked there. Um, then it came time for the 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 final costume contest for my younger boy for Cub Scouts. 
And he wanted to win it this year. He wanted to go big and win it. And we had been messing around on the Internet and saw that people were building Daleks. And he said, can we do that? And he said, well, you know, I work at the sign supply company. We've got a lot of things that we, we throw out that are packing materials for, you know, four by eight sheets of acrylic and things like this that I can maybe use to build something like that. Maybe we can do that. We'll look into it. Found the plans online, downloaded the plans, uh, looked them all over, saw that it was going to cost about $2,000 and about six months of my life, and said, sorry, we're not going to do a Dalek this year. Uh, and it was, I think, either later that day or the next day, my dad happened to call. He lives in Colorado Springs. We live in Kansas City area there. And... Uh, Happened to mention to him that we had thought about doing a Dalek and and that. And uh, uh, he said, I can make it work. I think it was the next weekend he drove here here from from Colorado Springs, and we started building the Dalek. We had six weeks to do it before the costume contest. Now your dad's here, isn't he? He is here. He's in the back there. That's Give us a big wave. This man is responsible for the TARDIS downstairs. So if you've had your picture taken with it, thank him. That, that's Dennis, the Dalek granddad. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he got it started. He built the framework, the, the interior, with uh, two-by-fours and plywood and old pallets and things like that. Got that going. And got us about uh, two-thirds, well, ha- about halfway into the project, and then said, bye, see you later. <laughs> Good luck finishing it up before the contest. <laughs> He'd been with us for a couple of weeks at that point. <laughs> Had to get back home. And uh, uh, we, we were very lucky on several things. Um, at that point, it was, it was trying to find things that already existed that looked like parts for a Dalek and make it work for the Dalek. For example... The, the thing that we were most concerned about was the dome. We thought we might have to do something with like paper mache or something like that to build the dome. And then a neighbor happened to throw out a Weber grill. Uh-huh. I saw it on his, in his garbage can and uh, grabbed the grill. We measured it up. And at the point where you would take off about three inches to, to take the handles off the grill, it was almost exactly the, the dimensions that were in the plans. And gave us the correct shape for the most part. The, you know, the, this is supposed to be the 2005 Dalek, and it, there should be a, a little bit flatter area at the base of the dome, and the dome should come in, cone in a little tight, a little less round for that style. But the dimensions are all there. The height is the same. The width is the same. It's all there. It's just the. The, the roundness is a little different than what that Dalek is supposed to have. Did anybody notice? <laughs> <laughs> then uh, uh, the the socket for the eye there, the the cowl as they call it there, that is the foot of a plastic pallet. We just took the foot off, hollowed it out a little bit, and that became the socket there. It's uh, it's basically uh, got some screws holding it in place, and then. Uh, uh, some caulk to, to seal it up against the, the dome there. We've got some PVC pipe for the eye stalk. The uh, uh, rings at, on the eye there, those are old Tupperware. Now, that's one of those things that when we first met you, <laughs> it was not old Tupperware. It was much larger clear plastic party plates. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that kept breaking. <laughs> the Tupperware holds up much better. <laughs> Then uh, the back of the eye is a two-liter bottle of Pepsi. Top off of the two-liter bottle of Pepsi. The front of the eye is actually an old flashlight. And then the the iris there is the core in a packing box that holds masking tape into the box so it doesn't bang around in the box. And it just happened to snap into place in front of that that flashlight. Didn't have to change anything to do that. We've got an LED with some old... uh, um, uh, extension wire, extension cord wire, running back to a 9-volt battery with a, a little round switch that turns on the eye. 
So a 9-volt battery runs that the entire time. We've had it on for two weeks at, a, at one time, and the 9-volt battery was wow. still in, wow. working there. Um, because the gold paint was eating our materials, <laughs> that's why he became the red Dalek. <laughs> he was originally going to be another a 2005 gold Dalek there. Uh, the styrofoam balls and the, um, the, the foam board that's used for the skirt just couldn't take the gold paint for some huh. reason on there. Uh, we and the LEDs came from my work as well. The, the we were they were obsolete models that were being thrown out. So we didn't have to pay for those at all either. And since we were doing a red Dalek, we put blue ear blue lights in the ears. <laughs> now, what are the ears or the uh, yeah the ears? Right. The, the ears. ears. Wait a minute. Wait before you say that. Yeah. When he says this, you think did anybody guess that's what these were cuz I looked at that and thought I never would have guessed it. Go ahead. Tell a little bit about it. All right. The, the ears themselves are um, some glasses I found in a thrift store. <laughs> Just turned upside down with the Turned upside over. down. I actually did take a tile saw to cut them because it was a thick glass mm-hmm. and cut, it, cut them down to take about a half inch off the height on there. Um, inside there at the top, I found um, in another thrift store, it was um, LED lanterns that had this mirrored cone in the top that just fit into the bottom of those glasses. So I glued that in and that reflects the light from the LED up and back down. That's another difference from when we first right. met you guys. Right. So we get a much brighter they actually looking illuminate light. a lot better yeah. now yes. than they did when we first met. And it captures the light. There's also a little plastic kind of filter material inside there also to kind of hold the light a little better. It was some type of cutting mat for, for a kitchen. <laughs> That just it kind of diffuses the light a little more, so it doesn't look like it's coming from a little LED inside there. Um, the rings are plywood, and then some uh, uh, pine wood um, pieces that were cut to to make the struts there, as well as the uh, the little bases on those struts for the rings. Uh, the ta- uh, the uh, the bolts. That are in the neck there and along the the um, bumper. Those are just upholstery tacks. This nice round upholstery tacks to kind of give it like it's a, a bolt look in there. They're also on the neck ring uh, bars as well. The neck bars are foam board. It's two layers of it. One flat rectangular piece, and then the second piece is in that kind of U shape and layered on top, glued together. And then uh, cut to to smooth out the edges with one another to give it that hefty armored look on there. Underneath that is three millimeter uh, PVC sheeting, something you, we sell at the sign company. They make signs out of it all the time. Uh, I didn't have to buy it because those were the cover sheets that were protecting the good stuff, and we didn't need the the full. It didn't matter if it had a big scar in it or something like that. And that has a nice enough pliability that it it bends around the the wood frame that we've got in, inside there. That is not rounded in any way, but it gives it the, because it bends around it so nice nicely. And it's just tacked up and then caught to, to try and hide those seams. Um, and then the uh, you've got a, a plate in the front there that was not on there either. I think so. When we first did it. That came after a um, little girl, uh, when we headed out for trick-or-treating, she grabbed the plunger arm and just slammed oh. down as fast as she could oh. and cracked the body. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Again, the gun boxes there are, are more pla- uh, plastic pallet feet on there. Uh, instead of making ball joints, coming up with some special ball joint to, to, for the arms, in, in the joint there is uh, more black plungers. Those are just the rubber plunger gives him the pliability he needs to move the the, uh, the arms there. My dad completely created the uh, gun arm, the gun stick that he, he shipped to us from Colorado Springs. Those are old lamp parts primarily. Uh, then a, a piece of um, a PVC for the main part of the stick. Then uh, he had added a, an extra, a larger muzzle over over what's normally there. You can see from from the body to the end, it's 
just like a Dalek gun stick, and then we added the bigger muzzle so I could put I could put the an LED in there to flash and, and be the green deal. Again, just a little nine volt battery and a momentary switch from from uh, uh, Radio Shack. Just a little button that pops up and down to give it the so you can flash that. uh, What's the plunger made out of? (laughs) (laughs) I've always wondered this. Oddly enough, that is one of the new items we (laughs) we bought. We didn't want to go used on the plunger. (laughs) 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 Which many of you with kids about the same height of that plunger arm would probably appreciate because they love to put their faces into the plunger. Got lots and lots of pictures with little kids with their faces in the plunger. So we've got the real real plunger there. Uh, that's actually new for TopCon here. We've actually found a bigger, bulkier plunger that's more like theirs than the uh, the one we had prior to this. Uh, then a lamp, a standing lamp uh, pole is what that plunger is fastened into. And it just goes through the, uh, the other plunger in there. And then the handle sticks out for him to, to manipulate that there. Uh, the mid bumper there is um, uh, in foam insulation, the panels. We cut to, to face that. I wasn't real pleased with the way that turned out. That would probably be the next project for, <laughs> for changes there. Did you just use a hot knife to cut that? Uh, an um, a electric knife, oh. actually. <laughs> just, uh, like one you'd use on turkey? Yes, exactly. Oh. Yeah, cut, cut that out there, and then it's on a, a plywood base there. Um, the way the Daleks built there, the dome is on rollers. It's just on on four four little wheels, so it is actually not fastened to the top at all. The neck rings are the next part that is velcroed into place, so quick and easy. We don't have to try and line up bolts like we did in the old days. <laughs> and then uh, down to the the next bumper is just on top of the skirt. Uh, it's also velcroed in place instead of bolted on like we used to do, which was a nightmare when the right. wood would warp and all that. Right. Um, then the skirt itself, that is um, just built this, rebuilt this for TopCon here, so that's the first time out for this new skirt, the, the armored panels there themselves. Uh, it's foam board. I scored the back and kind of crushed at that line with the, the long ruler, and then I could just fold uh, this to get these nice clean corners on there without having to build like the plans called for it where you build each individual panel try to get them to butt up properly and then join them together fill and sand and fill and sand and hope you have a nice clean corner on there uh, this la- the first time we built the skirt there it took about a week and a half to get it and get all the, the hemispheres in place I started this rebuild last Saturday and got it done by Wednesday. <laughs> uh, the hemispheres there are the four-inch styrofoam-type balls that you buy at Christmas <laughs> to make your own little ornaments out of. It, they were at Walmart. I, Because it wasn't around Christmas time, I had to get them on um, eBay on there. Uh, that was actually the, one of the most expensive things I spent on that. I spent almost $50 buying the hemispheres because there are 54 of, right. of the hemispheres on there. And uh, if you go to the hobby stores to buy the hemispheres without the, when they're not the Christmas ornaments, they're a little over $4 a piece oh, wow. on there uh, for, for the balls. And then you have to split them, too. Because they don't sell them. They don't sell sap. them split. split. Yeah, you, they, they make them in two pieces, and then they glue them together, but they don't sell them in separate pieces. You have to separate them again. <laughs> this time, um, I was able to get some rings to surround the hemispheres this time, and it gives it a, a sharper, bolder look on there. Those are lids from Quick Trip drinks. <laughs> I work near a Quick Trip. Every time somebody went to get get a drink there and they threw it out I dug it out of the garbage <laughs> took several months <laughs> to get enough to, to cover this over um, the great thing about that though is before I, I had hot glued the hemispheres to the old skirt there so I had to break those loose when I 
I rebuilt it and that. And any time I had uh, damage to the skirt, because it is just lightweight foam board, every convention and that, we seem to take a, a dent, a hole, or something like that, and I'll spackle it and sand it and then repaint. And then I have to repaint the hemisphere because somehow the red spray paint got, got there and I thought I masked <laughs> it off beautifully. Now, um, because we have those plastic lids behind there, I hot glued the hemispheres to the plastic uh, lids, and the single screw that was a guide to get these hemispheres in the correct position is actually holding it on all by itself there. I can take those off and on much easier to rebuild as needed. That means you put a lot more work into the rebuilds than the BBC ever did, because if you watch (laughs) Doctor Who, with each reappearance of the Daleks, you can tell they've been in storage and got really dinged up. Uh, Especially by Destiny. By Destiny in particular, there's some 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 bad ones. Well, um, uh, it was Kansas City Maker Fair. Uh, he, He got stuck on a carpet and put his knee through the side at a joint. Blew a hole in there. I was able to patch and fill what was okay I thought but as the days went on they went on the next day you could see it falling apart in there and by the time Kansas City Comic Con came around I didn't have time to rebuild I uh, well I was scared to for one (laughs) because I I thought it might take too long and then uh, so I tried patching again and halfway through that it it blew out. We just had to keep turning him for pictures. <laughs> and then, uh, the the bumper down there, you know, it's got the plywood base that the uh, it's got. He's got four four inch casters underneath there. This there is no motors. When you see him kind of floating around, it's just because it's they're large, smooth casters that kind of give him that look. He's Flintstone, Flintstone power is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the classic Doctor yeah. <laughs> So you got the plywood base there and then more of that uh, three millimeter PVC to kind of add it to the sides there to hide those casters and to give him more of that bumper look. The bumper was reduced quite a bit from the plans because, as I mentioned earlier, Doorways are a real problem for the Daleks. <laughs> a thirty. This one will get through a thirty-six inch doorway. Anything less, and he, he can't get through. Wow. So, yeah. There's most of the doorways in our home. He cannot get through. He, he lives in the garage. <laughs> and then again, more of the upholstery attacks. Um, we built a hatch in the back of the Dalek so that we wouldn't have to. Put our uh, well. Put my son inside. He's the he's the power of the Dalek there. So we wouldn't have to put uh, put him in and build the Dalek around him. <laughs> the Dalek he can uh, he can escape at any time as he's kind of demonstrating there uh, for potty breaks and that. And the Dalek can stay built, and people can take their pictures and things like that with the static Dalek then. Even if there's not <laughs> yes. an operator inside. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that, and, that uh, and of course, that, that was originally built for my younger boy, who, yeah, he wasn't going to stay in it very long at the Cub Scout <laughs> meeting anyway and all that. We, like I said, we put all this work into it originally for a one-hour Cub Scout meeting. <laughs> and then we thought that was going to be it. I assume you got first place. Yes, okay. he, he did win first place in the Cub Better. Scout meeting. It was it was close. There was a box of pop tarts as well that was <laughs> was close competition because uh, he had the entire nutrition label oh, wow. handwritten out on his. So I mean, there was a lot of work there. <laughs> but uh, um, now, so how, yeah, we've been, been how, how much total would you estimate you've spent you mentioned the two thousand uh-huh. dollar price tag earlier to do it officially but for, yes. for for red dalek here what's what's the price tag red dalek uh, the original bill for the cub scouts we figured it out not counting tools that i bought because i just didn't have them for cutting and things like that it was about 120 dollars wow um then we added about another 40 dollars before like Planet Comic Con and things like that, and, and some of these other ones to for improvements and things like this. At this point, because of rebuilds and and fixes and things like that, the actual cost is probably I, I think I mentioned to you yesterday it was like three hundred. 
figuring out is probably more in the about 270 range. As he is now, he's, he costs us probably about $270. Uh, but, you know, we get in free to cons like this well, sometimes. Which is still, <laughs> yeah. which is still $1,700 less than building yeah. the one that you originally yeah, went I, after I can, exactly. I can see wheels turning out here. There was one. <laughs> I could do that for 300 now, bucks. Now, the big cost for the Dalek, you know, because I have people ask me, hey, would you like to, you know, build a Dalek for me? And I go, well, <laughs> let me let me put it put it this way. <laughs> the material's about $200. We have 180 man hours in the initial build. Sure. Wow. <laughs> and then the fixes and that I probably have at this point because of it's been three years, probably another 80 to 100 hours in fixes and re- rebuild parts and things like this. So at 180 man hours to build the build it from in originally, if I was only charging ten dollars an hour. We're at eighteen hundred dollars. So you're at but two thousand you dollars. One for two thousand dollars. I think the eighteen hundred dollars is still pretty good. So, so usually, what I tell everybody is, uh, here's the Facebook page <laughs> with our build pictures. Here's where you can get the the free plans that get you the dimensions. Right. That's what we mainly used the plans for was to make sure the dimensions were the same because he looks so good to everybody, not because. We have an exact replica of what's on the show. It's because his dimensions are great. He doesn't look out of proportion. Right. Uh, we've seen other ones at, at conventions and that. Um, and we in, even inspired one when we went to Maker Fair. Uh, the next Planet Comic Con we went to, there was a blue Dalek. Oh. That they, they came up to us and said, we saw what you did there, so we had to make our own. They went cheaper. And uh, uh, the dimensions were not quite the same. But they use some things that I go, why didn't I think of doing that? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, you know. Like in the neck rings, to get that the um, the screen there. We've got two different screens there to give it kind of a di- different look. They used a, um, a laundry basket. And huh. they, they were able to kind of cut it up and, and oh, flatten okay, it yeah. out a little more to give it those that screen look. And then they put the black screen behind the the. the, the smaller black screen behind to hide themselves a little better like we did there. Uh, when we originally did the Dalek, uh, we didn't have a, a black curtain behind the back side of it. So he could see completely around at that time. But when you took the photos, you could see his shape in the photos. So the head-on photos, you you don't see my son his shape in there. You start Some of the flash photography, you're starting to see his arms because he's He's just in there working the eye we with should, one arm. We should mention, you want to introduce your son real quick? Oh. He's, he's here working just as hard <laughs> inside there. Okay, Red Dalek. Is, the, the real guy behind Red Dalek is Cameron Collins. He's my 16-year-old son. Uh, not the boy that it was built for. Right. Originally, Red Dalek, here's a little trivia question for you. Uh, his name was Dalek Alec. That's my son. <laughs> Alec is, a, is his, uh, his name. Um, he just doesn't like to get in there because his brother's better at doing the voice. <laughs> <laughs> he also likes to run around a lot more. <laughs> so, Red Dalek is actually Dalek Alec, but we went to the convention, like the Planet Comic Con, where we met you guys for the first time. Uh, we, we only went to that Sunday. Yeah. We didn't yeah. go for the whole weekend right. in that. And, um, we couldn't move 10 feet without a dozen people <laughs> wanting to take pictures yeah. with us and things like this. Uh, didn't win the costume contest at all. <laughs> there was a lot of competition there, <laughs> yeah. uh, on there. Um, that's. <laughs> I've got to ask it. Do you, are you still? Do you you still walk around and go? I mean, because uh, what amazes me is that you can look at something and go, "Okay, that's perfect for the eyes," or "That's perfect for the eye stock," or "That's." <laughs> do you still walk around and go, "Oh, that would even be better," or "I could use this here," or do you still I, walk around daily and see things? That I have a collection of items that are the the upgrades yeah. <laughs> that will happen once I decide I'm going to tackle that or this. You know, uh, the eye there, for example. I like the eye we've got going on there. A lot of people really, really like that. But it's not the, the round ball like eye. Uh-huh. I found a Magic 8 ball in a thrift store. Oh! <laughs> it's almost the same. Yeah, you exact can size that. That. It's got the little window in the front, or, you know, on that side. Yeah. So all I have to do is 
drill a hole in the back, empty it out, put my LED in, and fasten it to the to that. Once I'm ready to commit to that, <laughs> destroy this eye to get the get the next one on, for example. Um, and I mentioned, you know, new plunger, you know, going through a, the hardware store, not looking for Dalek stuff, be looking for some other things. And uh, this, this hardware store was going out of business. Everything was half price and that. And I go, that looks more like a Dalek plunger than what we've got. <laughs> it's two dollars. I'm taking that home. Do <laughs> um, you have any advice for? Well, Keith, I think you had a question. Oh, um, I don't remember what it was. Oh, now, sorry. So. <laughs> um, well, do you have any advice for anybody that's wanting to start on something like this? You obviously have some information on your Facebook page about the process you guys went through. Right. And there's a there's a huge Dalek building community out there online. Do you have any advice for the, people the starting Dalek, out? The Dalek community that I've seen online is mostly in the UK, and they want you to pay to get the information. <laughs> so it's not great there. But it is definitely not one of those things you want to do on your own. Get get you can find plans online that are free. Uh, the one we found was for the 2005 Dalek, as well as um, the movie, the Peter Cushing's movies, Daleks. You could get those uh, in PDF. Uh, we you know downloaded, it, printed them off, so we had had something to work with in the shop and all that without worrying about a computer being in the shop. <laughs> kind of deal. Um, so yeah, and there are plenty of other people that have done stuff like this. Uh, maybe if it's not the Dalek, but those are two deal uh, builders. Yeah, you you can't shut them up if they've got an idea for you <laughs> about building something for a Dalek or whatever. They will they will make sure that they know. Yeah. As well. yeah. <laughs> now those those guys, they're spending ten grand building R two units. Right. Uh, so they they have expensive ideas a lot of times. <laughs> Cameron, I got to ask now. You're sixteen. How comfortable is the inside of that? Because obviously, I mean, I, I look at this and go, I'm going to start on this tonight. I know I'm not, but, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I look at this and I'm inspired to do it. I'm 6'4", you know, 250, uh, we'll fudge that. <laughs> I'm not going to fit in there, right? I mean... No, you will not fit in this one. <laughs> how comfortable is it for you? Do you have a, a, a stool or something to rest against? Or are you just standing upright in the... Are you hunched I over? I have a two-by-four to sit on. That's got padding. It has slight padding. <laughs> okay, it probably breaks down the more you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to sit on it, so well, what do I care? Actually, it's quite comfortable. I enjoy it in here. You have a seat for Comic-Con. Everyone needs a Comic-Con seat. <laughs> and it's amazing how people will, will let the Dalek go to the front of the line. He doesn't even have to threaten them or anything. <laughs> you must think I'm in a wheelchair in here. <laughs> Uh, now, I have been in it, and I can operate it in, inside there. I'm How uncomfortable is it for roughly you? Roughly 6 feet, 220 pounds. Um, and the, the biggest problem is not, you know, the, the bellies or, or the, the legs. It's the shoulders. It's the shoulders. You have to have your shoulders below those neck rings. Mm. They, they, it's just not wide enough to go above the neck rings. So that means you have to be down below that, which where we have the, the seat positioned will keep you in that, that position there. Um, it's about the same as these these chairs. So imagine sitting in this chair and trying to pull yourself along on in your feet like that, just just working your knees You, for, you like forgot that. to get the arm up in the air all day. And then, <laughs> with me, he doesn't have to do it because he's thinner, but because I am heavier than that. I have to cross my arms, one to go up to work the eye, and that's got to be up there all day. And the buttons on on set up for the right hand for the ears. Yeah, when he talks, you'll see his ears flashing. He is I talk expertly. A lot, so they flash a lot. <laughs> he is expert at flashing the ears in time with what he's he's saying. I am not. <laughs> his brother is not. Uh, but that is not. It, it's there's nothing. There's no speaker or anything like that in there that that times that makes the ears flash when he speaks. He's got to press a button to get that those ears to flash when they when they do. Um, so you've got your arm up like this all day, making sure your shoulders are are down underneath that that ring, and then you've got the other arm to work both of the arms, so the plunger or the gun. So you won't see him doing a lot of. 
ambidextrous items there unless he's looking down at the floor. <laughs> well, I can kind of get both of them, one with my elbow and one with my hand. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he's got that. But I have to cross myself in there. Mm. So I, you're constantly kind of bound up near the top. Again, the bottom, there's plenty of room because of the way the skirt's designed. Um, you've got room to get in there. I can climb in through the hatch, get in, turn around, set the seat up, turn back around and get into the seat. Uh, but it's actually climbing into the seat and making sure the shoulders stay below that neckline that uh, is the toughest part um, in there. I think maybe just briefly while we've got some time, is there anybody that has any questions for Eric and, and Red Dalek about building this? And, and if you do, speak loudly because our Internet listeners will be, <laughs> be tough to hear you. Any questions? Oh, great. Dalek Dad one. Let's see. I think I can. Oh, there you go. Give Cameron a hand. <laughs> Glenn, we're just going to have to build Skittle Daleks. That's all there is to it. We're just going to have to get bigger and larger for us. Yeah, yeah, nobody I'll likes those. <laughs> no, they don't. I only like them because I thought I might fit better. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, guys, yeah, for yeah. coming on the panel with us today because uh, it's been uh, very interesting and it, it's 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 an incredible piece. And you guys, it's obvious you've put a lot of work into it. And it's been a family project too, which I yes. think is is very impressive. You've had a lot of support from. The boys who, as far as building and operating, yeah. your dad, um, your wife, gets a little bit involved. In fact, she was there when I interviewed you right. and said very little, but I think she, this is kind of not her thing. No. She's very supportive. No, yeah. Dalek mom is is a very rare photo if you see her at a convention <laughs> or something like that. But, uh, yeah. I, and then, like you mentioned, the, the TARDIS that's downstairs for this. Uh, my father is now retired in that and enjoyed getting the Dalek going so well, that he said, is there anything else you guys want me to build? And I said, well, <laughs> when we go to these conventions, <laughs> sometimes there's a guy who has a TARDIS set up, but he won't let you get inside. That You can never get inside the TARDIS for the photos. He said, I'd like a TARDIS that you can get inside. You open the door, people can step inside and, and do that. Said, but the only problem is, I need a TARDIS that you can put in the back of my Jeep Grand Cherokee. <laughs> I don't want to be like that guy I saw that you couldn't get inside his TARDIS, but he had to rent a U-Haul to move his TARDIS yeah. each time. It's Because it, his was one solid unit, right? Well, it, it I guess it broke down by wall. Okay. But it was you know, you still roughly four by eight right. foot walls right. that he had to try to move each time. This one, when it's broken down, I believe it's... The largest piece is 28 inches wide by 46, 48, somewhere in wow. there. And that it's about 16 pieces once it's all put to, uh, taken apart. It takes about an hour to assemble if, if it hasn't warped too badly in the garage while we're <laughs> in, in between cons. And you don't have to build it twice like we did here. They put us in a room where that was too short the first time. <laughs> Worked out great. We've got a beautiful spot now. We've got yeah. a lot of great photos from this balcony here, even. Yeah. You, get, yeah. you can get a top shots. We have, we've never gotten yeah, a top a, shots before. It's a great location. Top shots at <laughs> Well, thank you again for joining us. And um, speaking of Daleks, um, featuring heavily in the new series, we've got just a few more minutes uh, before we have to turn this room loose for the next panel, but we uh, do want to talk a little bit quickly about Series 9, and what's your expectations for Series 9, Sean? It will be awesome! <laughs> Are you kidding? I've been waiting for a year for more Doctor <laughs> Who. It's uh, Yeah, I don't care what happens tonight. Just bring it on. And it looks like uh, the Daleks will be returning this series, so and I'm excited because I'm, I'm a huge Dalek fan. A huge Dalek, oh, huge Dalek fan. I'll hell the Daleks! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what do you think, Keith? Are you? Keith? I, I'm really excited because it looks like there's a lot of two-parters. And while we've had some two-parters in recent years, I think it'll be a kind of nice return to form with cliffhangers almost every week, almost going back to the classic era style of, of storytelling. I'm really excited about that aspect of it. 
and I was looking forward to seeing what they're doing. Uh, I look forward to seeing, now that Capaldi's kind of found his feet as his doctor, uh, what they're going to do with his ne- with him next, because last season was very much, who am I, am I a good man, what kind of a man am I, and now he's figured that out, so now we get to see him be that man, which is really exciting. Eric, how about you? That, that does, uh, you know, now that he's gotten past the, the uh, kind of origin of the this latest Doctor kind of deal, it would be nice to see him actually just be the Doctor rather than trying to figure out what he is and who he is and things like this. And then, of course, you've got the Daleks in there. They're bringing back the Supreme Dalek that kind of looks like Red Dalek yeah, now. Yeah, I noticed that right in the brief. <laughs> they seem to have gotten away from the Skittle Daleks altogether. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even some of the older ones in there, too. Yeah. They, With they, the blue bumps and everything. Yeah, they, but they're, they're not... Going, they, they seem to have forgotten that they, they have those paradigm, paradigm. <laughs> Daleks at all anymore. So kind of like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, we are going to be uh, presenting tonight, just introducing tonight, uh, the Series 9 premiere of uh, Doctor Who tonight. Fortunately, we all get to see it together, everybody that can be here. And that's in the... That's in the downstairs ballroom. The downstairs ballroom at 9 p.m. Is that Madison downstairs, downstairs? Or is that Grand... No, that, it's downstairs, the downstairs, 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 downstairs. Exhibitor. So, uh, 9 o'clock tonight. Um, <laughs> it, it starts at 9 o'clock. So be sure you're there to be able to get a seat early. And uh, hopefully we'll see everybody there. And where else can you watch a Doctor Who episode with a doubt? With a doubt. Yeah, really. I mean... <laughs> Real briefly, Eric also has the uh, Geek Museum. Is that what we're calling? Yes, it? that's uh, what they decided to call it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you go down and visit that. It's very impressive. He's got a lot of actual screen used props uh, from Star Trek and and uh, and various other movies. Mo- and things. Mostly tight. Uh, mostly heavy on the Star Trek, Trek stuff because that's, that's my thing. But and we've Galaxy, got Galaxy Quest, Quest cool. Dargate, uh, Aliens, Alien Nation, Daddy Daycare. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Ned's declassified school survival guy. <laughs> you get to see Cookie's glasses, which were basically Google Glass about 15 years before Google Glass was invented. <laughs> so definitely go down and check it out. Uh, I encourage you, maybe they don't want to hear from you, but I encourage you, if you have questions about either of these projects, make sure you try and catch them out there. Go have your photos taken with the TARDIS. Um, you can like Red Dalek on Facebook too. Yes. Be sure to look him up. Um, they've got a great page, and then, like I say, they kind of they post their convention visits and things like that, and, yeah. and what's coming next and what they've we, done. We so. just do this for fun. We're not we're not making any money off. This. If you want to give us money, give us money. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it, it was a like I said a one hour thing that turned into a hobby all by itself here. That's so. Really of course, you can follow, follow us as well on uh, Facebook. Uh, we're Traveling the Vortex again. Uh, you can go to www.travelingvortex.com, and that has all the links to all the social media and everything where you can uh, follow us. But you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Travel Vortex. Travel Vortex. It's odd because it wouldn't let us have the full name because there's only so many characters you can have in it. Or there used yeah, what's to be, up with that Twitter? used to be only so many characters you can have in a, in a uh, name. And then each one of us actually uh, go by. I'm Vortex Glenn. He's Vortex Sean. He's Vortex Keith. So you can follow us on Twitter as well. Um, be sure to visit the website. Is there anything else before we wrap this up? I don't think so. Thanks think for coming so. to TopCon. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming right. to our panel. If that's going to do it yeah. this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. And I'm Eric. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.